everyone. Welcome to Empowering Homeschool Conversations. My name is Peggy Plur, and I'm the host of this weekly broadcast put on by Sped Homeschool, as well as the founder and CEO of Sped Homeschool. We at Sped Homeschool empower families to home educate children with learning challenges. And I encourage you to check out our website at spedhomeschool.com to learn more about our resources and the support that we offer families. Um, so each month we focus our broadcasts on a different topic. And this month we have been focusing on how to homeschool a student at their own pace. And tonight we're gonna extend it a little bit into at your child's pace as well as your pace, especially if you're running a business. Um, and so our topic tonight is actually entitled um, Pacing Homeschooling to Meet the Needs of Your Child and Your Business. And my guest tonight is Jen Myers. Welcome, Jen, and thank you for joining me. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, I pulled a little information off of your website, but didn't have a full bio. But um, you say that you... Um, aren't a homeschooling mom with a side hustle, but you are um, you are a successful entrepreneur with a profitable business and you also homeschool. I love that because I, I think there are, there's a distinct line, you know, with this side business, but then for like people like me and you who run a full-time business and we homeschool, um, that seems extremely daunting, but it is possible. And so I'm glad that you're here to talk about this this topic, especially when you have a struggling student, because there there are some balances, there are some ebbs and flows, and all of this. And I would just love our audience to glean from the knowledge that you have, um, the experience that you've had um, as you've run a business and homeschooled students with learning differences. And um, and then I just want to invite our audience too. And if you're watching on YouTube. Facebook, um, Periscope, wherever you're watching, just know that if you put comments in the feed that we can see those and we'll make those as part of our conversation. So um, so I'm excited to get started on that. But can you tell us a little bit of your homeschooling getting started journey and just kind of how that involved business, kids, and the whole mix? <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Peggy. So I was very much a reluctant homeschooler. I did not set out to homeschool. That was not on my agenda, my plan. Mm -hmm. We had, at the time, three kids. They were in second grade, kindergarten, and preschool, all traditionally public school. Um, Actually, the youngest was in a private preschool. The older two were Mm -hmm. in public school. I had just finished my bachelor's degree. I was just accepted to graduate school to get my master's and PhD in social psychology. Mm. Um, Ironically, because I wanted to teach at the college level. I loved teaching. I just never really thought about it for teaching my own kids. Right. And to be honest, I kind of thought that homeschoolers were weird. You know, this was back in 2000. (laughs) That was, that was my whole thing too. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't look like a homeschooler. I didn't Mm -hmm. dress like a homeschooler. I didn't act like a homeschooler. I'm like, I I knew some homeschoolers and I didn't look like, I didn't fit that that box. And, you know, that was okay. They could do themselves. I could do me. It was all good. I wasn't judging them, but I didn't fit there. Mm -hmm. And so life was going great. My husband and I, we were like, okay, we're not having any more children. Um, He ended up getting a vasectomy. Um, So everything was going, you know, according to my plan. (laughs) And then how often life is, sometimes we have different plans given to us. And Mm -hmm. we basically went for parent-teacher conferences. 
And we went to our second grade daughters first. And the teacher sat us down and she said, hey, she's really struggling. Mm-hmm. And back then in 2003, there wasn't things like IEPs. Like you had the special ed class or they were in the mainstream. Like there wasn't anything in between like there is now. There wasn't the services and the testing and all of the things that are available now. Mm-hmm. And the teacher was, she was really sweet and she sat us down and I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do with her? Like, you know, I right. I wasn't sure. My oldest two are my stepdaughters that I've raised since they were three and five, but they came with a lot of trauma. We had sole custody mm-hmm. of them. But things had happened before that had caused, you know, maybe some other things right. later. Mm-hmm. And so we had missed some stuff. Like she she couldn't really read. She had a processing disorder, um, different things. And the teacher basically said, have you ever considered homeschooling? And this was a public school teacher. And I was uh-huh. like, what? say what? Why would you, <laughs> do I look like a homeschooler? Like why on earth would you say that to me? I was horrified. Mm-hmm. And my husband was just sitting there. I'm like, no, I'm not homeschooling. I'm going to graduate school. You know, this was the spring. Mm-hmm. And, it, this, you know, I was going to, I was going that fall. Life was going to be great. Our youngest was going to be in kindergarten full time. Right. And she just said, well, maybe you could like do it over the summer. You know, I think that if you just, because she didn't want to hold her back because she was already mm-hmm. struggling socially. And she said, but if you, you know, taught her for just one year, maybe she would get caught up. And I was like, isn't that your job? Hook, like, right? <laughs> Isn't that our tax dollars paying for? Like, why why are you asking me to teach my kid? Mm -hmm. And then the next week, and I, you know, told my husband, like, no, I'm not going to homeschool. Next Mm -hmm. week, we went to parent-teacher conferences for our youngest at the time, and he was in preschool. Mm -hmm. Teacher sat us down and said, hey, you can't send him to kindergarten next year. And I said, well, why not? He's doing great. Like, this kid started reading at three. He's super smart. Like, Mm -hmm. you can have a conversation with him. He's like the little scholar. Uh And she said... Yeah, because he's at like a third grade level and above in everything. There's no way he's going to be bored out of his mind. He can't, Mm. like school is not a good fit for him. And I said, well, what am I supposed to do with him? Mm -hmm. And she said, have you ever considered homeschooling? Totally, like these teachers have been talking to each other. Like, here's your sign. Like, this is what you're supposed to do, Jen. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, nope, I'm not homeschooling. Uh, That is not going to work for me. I'm going to graduate school. We'll have to figure out some other plan B. Mm. And so, my husband, you know, he's super supportive. And he said, you know, honey, I know we had a really successful business that we had built an automotive repair business at the time. Mm. So, he was doing that. I was going to go to graduate school and then get the good college job where I would carry the insurance. You know, we had a plan. Right. And then two weeks later, we found out that I was pregnant oh, with wow. our bonus baby who was conceived three days before my husband's vasectomy. Oh. <laughs> and it was not a pretty, there was lots of ugly crying tears <laughs> because my plane had been disrupted. Uh-huh. And he asked what we were going to do. And I said, well, I guess we're going to homeschool because I'm going to be mm-hmm. home for a year anyway. Mm-hmm. And Peggy, during that year, even though it was nothing I could have ever asked for or planned for, I got to really slow down with life. I built our businesses. We built three more since then. We built four total. Um, Very successful businesses while homeschooling our kids. Our youngest at the time, the one that I was talking about who was in Mm -hmm. preschool, ended up being diagnosed on the autism spectrum. So we've Mm -hmm. dealt with all different things. Our bonus baby, our youngest, has dyslexia and dysgraphia. Mm -hmm. So we've dealt with all of these different challenges. Right. over the years. 
But because I ran our own businesses and because I was able to do that, I was able to, like you said, pace and let our kids learn at the pace they needed to. Mm. And now they're all super successful. Our youngest who's 17 is in college. Mm. Um, something I never imagined for him to be totally honest. And he's doing phenomenal. Yeah. We have two entrepreneurs in the group and one employee and she's amazing. Like all awesome. of the kids, but they learned at their own rate. Right. But that's because I had the freedom and flexibility to really allow that and to encourage mm-hmm. that rather than fight against it. Yeah. So let's talk about that pacing just a little bit. What did that look like in the mix of, you know, the the days when you were homeschooling all? <laughs> <laughs> when I had four kids under eight, it was right. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> there were days, honestly, it, it varied. Just mm. like the seasons of business, there were seasons of homeschooling. Mm. Um, our number three, who's on the autism mm-hmm. spectrum, he's the best example. When he was in kindergarten, he went through three years of math curriculum, just kept going just on wow. fire. Mm. Then he got to third and fourth grade math and he slowed down. He was like, I'm done. He didn't want to learn anymore. Huh. If you've ever tried to tell a child on the autism spectrum, you're going to learn this. And they said, no. Is uh, not happening. Right. It's just not. And mm-hmm. so during those years, I learned to fuel the fire when it was going, when they were mm-hmm. focused mm-hmm. and they wanted to learn. I was 100% behind them. But then when they hit spots where they're like, I'm done, I'm burned out, I don't want yeah. to, mm-hmm. we focus on building character. Oh, that's a good perspective. Yes. Uh And we learned that it's more about who they are versus Mm -hmm. what they can do because the rest of it's going to come. But we focused on building character during those seasons and letting them take a step back and realize we don't Mm -hmm. have to do 10 pages of math per day. We're not in a competition, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we learned. I learned to tap into the motivation of each child Mm-hmm. and figure out yeah. what really drove their passions, what motivated them mm-hmm. and let them learn and also incorporated it into our business and into our life. If there was anything in the business oh, that they could yes. do, mm-hmm. we made sure to put that on the forefront of schooling. You know, like we have a videographer oh, in our group. Yeah. I'm like, yes, buddy, you learn videography. You want a YouTube channel? That's fabulous because guess what? Our business needs video work. Mm-hmm. You're hired. Yeah. All of those things. And so... As far as like pacing and letting them learn, when they were mm-hmm. ready to learn, we went all in. When they right. backed off, we gave them space to do that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. To just let them explore and not like the expectations be too high, but yet high enough that, you know, just like kind of like treating like as a semi-employee almost, but but yet a backdoor if it really did not pan out the way they expected that it would. I'm, did you have any experiences like that where they're like, oh, I want to be, do this. And you're like, oh yes, you're hired, but <laughs> it, it didn't quite go the way they wanted it to go. <laughs> yes, yes, we have had that. What we, a lot of things that we did at the very beginning is we, like you were talking about having them almost like a semi-employee. Mm-hmm. we help them set their own goals and their expectations. Oh, mm-hmm. Like even when we would hire them to be in the business, like what does excellence look like in this position? Mm. Even when our, when our, I remember our one daughter who was eight, she started a weeding business, like pulling weeds out of gardens. Uh-huh. And we took pictures of what does a weeded garden look like? 
how do we know Mm -hmm. what excellence is? How do we define that? How do we set, set goals and benchmarks and KPIs for key performance indicators? Like how do we measure success in these Mm -hmm. things? Right. And we did things like that when, where they, then if they didn't meet those, those expectations, they were expectations they set themselves. Like we worked together Mm -hmm. to set them. It wasn't me saying you have to be perfect. And then we would go back. Did you try your best? Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately how we always evaluated stuff, whether it was schoolwork, whether it was working in the business or just life in general, even chores. Did you try your best? Because what's the best for one child may not always be what's best, the best for the other child because everybody has different capacities. Mm. That is a really good, yeah, that that whole comparison thing coming within your home. um, We often think of, you know, just comparing to other families. And, but, you know, your situation is, is so unique, you know, it, um, but still you can compare your child's progress to another person's progress. You can compare your business to another person's business. Um, what, what advice do you have for entrepreneur moms um, that are homeschooling that find themselves kind of getting caught up in that um, well, this is what this other person is doing, or, you know, well, this is what she did. And I want to, you know, replicate that, but how do we make it our own and have that ownership versus just comparing all the time? Well, I think as entrepreneurs, we're hardwired to be unique and mm. not want to be like everybody else. But then sometimes we take that and we flip it and we don't necessarily project that onto our children. We're like, we want oh, to be yeah. different but we want you to make sure you look like everybody else. So because mm-hmm. we think it's a compare, like we think it's a reflection of our success. Yes. As a mom mm-hmm. or as a parent going, if our kids are successful, that means we're successful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that's not, that's not true. Like it's not exactly. accurate. Just, mm-hmm. just like as our clients, you know, our client's success. Yeah. We may have something to do with it, but ultimately mm-hmm. it's our client who has to take that extra step. Right. Same thing with our kids. And so I would just encourage any any mom, you know, if you have a business and you're thinking about homeschooling or you, you're, you're homeschooling, you're thinking about having a business. Mm-hmm. One, put your blinders on. Like don't, <laughs> you have to, seriously, when right. you're choosing to live, to have both of these worlds, mm-hmm. I always warn my moms in the homeschool CEO community, you know, be careful like looking at Pinterest and looking at Instagram Right. And seeing these snippets of people that are only half in your world, they only homeschool mm-hmm. or or even my moms that work outside of the home. We have a lot of women that work full time and then still homeschool as well. Right. Yeah. And when we're trying to emulate this life of somebody else who is only doing half of what we're doing, they're either just homeschooling mm-hmm. or they're just running the business and not the other side. Mm-hmm our lives are going to look really different. So one, you know, put your blinders on and not compare like that. Mm -hmm. And then two, realize that you can hire help in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Every, like we, we put that Superman cape on and we can take it off. Mm -hmm. Nobody is here telling us you have to do all the cooking, all the cleaning, all the chauffeuring, you know, you have to do all the teaching. You can outsource and delegate so many things. Mm-hmm. And it's a, like, that's okay. Yeah. 
and your children will be better for it. It's all okay. That's very true. Yeah. So how was that looked like in in your life through the seasons of your homeschool? I'm, I'm assuming it has changed over the years and just the needs of your family, your business. Um, so do you have some scenarios to share with us as to how that has looked? Yeah. So when my kids were little, what I did was I hired a mother's helper to come in and help um, it was another homeschool high schooler that mm-hmm. lived a couple miles down the road. She came in and she would help either watch the little ones while I homeschooled the older ones or we flipped, you know, and I had mm-hmm. her do like simple things like crafts so that I could work out in the business, things like that. Mm-hmm. Super affordable. Yeah. We've also used elderly neighbors to teach things mm-hmm. like quilting and gardening. Uh-huh. Um, we live near a rancher. Um, and he taught our oldest, like how to butcher an animal and process wow. the meat, like all of those things. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would outsource a lot of different things and pull in different teachers and they didn't, mm. you know, we, we had apps and we had things, not as many as everybody has now. Back right. then <laughs> we were way more limited, but uh-huh. we found people mm-hmm. that could feed into our children's lives. So we did that same thing with the business, you know, where I've had to hire different things. Um, housekeeper mm-hmm. made big, big plus in my, like I highly recommend everybody at least gets a housekeeper. You know, if you can afford it, highly mm-hmm. recommended every couple of weeks or even once a month makes right. all oh, the difference in the yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, I just start going stir crazy. Like she came today and I'm like, okay, I'm live all day today. Uh, and so I'll be upstairs. Don't come in that room. But I, yeah, it was so, so peaceful when I walked out finally. It's like, my house is clean. <laughs> it's a big deal. And I think so often moms think it's going to be a really big expense. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's so worth it. It's yeah. so worth it. And it's not as big of an expense as people think. And right. you, you can do, you know, even, you know, with your business, I always look at it as going, okay, can I make more than that in my business? Mm-hmm. Then when I'm paying somebody else, then I will be a blessing and pay the other person to do the other things. Right. Yes, that's a great perspective, and and I'm assuming the same with with schooling stuff too. You know, it's what what's going to be more beneficial for my time. So, um, so how did did you go uh, go about? And I said, still, you know, go about scheduling you know, all of these things, because I'm sure there was lots of activities. And um, I mean, did you overlap? Did weave through, you know, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm sure that with all these schedules for the kids and your business schedules, what, what did that look like? And I, I mean, could you plan out pretty far or, you know, what did that look like and morph into, I guess? One thing that we implemented when our kids were younger was one activity per child. Mm. We we had four kids and I couldn't, I didn't want to run all all day long every single day because I also had a business to run and to build and to grow. And we had employees and people counting on us. And so I, that's something that I said that, and one thing earlier when you asked about advice, mm-hmm. be willing to say no, say yes. no to people around you, say no to your children. Mm. It's okay. Yeah. Um, And that's a big deal. So what we would do is one activity per child. But Mm -hmm. then I learned, I learned a trick on how to schedule my day when our kids were little. I, there's one other person who's talking about it now, but I was like, oh, I learned that when my kids were little too. Mm -hmm. Um, What I did was I arranged my schedule based on how much control I had over my time. 
So, mm-hmm. and then how alert I was. So for example, yes, I knew from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. I was awake and I taught my children, we had a little analog alarm clock where they could not come out of their rooms other than to go to the bathroom or get a drink until 8 a.m. They were not allowed. It was not an option. We are not coming out of the rooms. Mm-hmm. Here's, you know, like I put the number, even before my kids could tell time, they had a number above the alarm clock. They could see if these numbers do not match. Mm-hmm. If there's not an eight here and, you know, an eight on top and an eight on bottom, do not come right. out. <laughs> so I knew that I had two hours in the morning where I was awake I could Mm. work and I was not going to be interrupted. Mm. So that was my 100% focus time. And I would be able to put my my hard tasks, the ones Mm. that required a lot Mm. of brain power and a lot of focus Mm -hmm. and would move the needle forward. I'd put those there. So Mm -hmm. for example, like in today's stuff, that's where I would put like writing an email that or recording a video. Mm-hmm. You know, where like I needed to be on camera and I need I don't need four little children interrupting me. I would right. put those kind of things there. Mm-hmm. But what happens then is the other times when I would have like 50% focus, like and 50% control, like the kids might interrupt me, but maybe it was their quiet time. So it would be like a quick interruption and they would run out or it was their outside play time or, mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm saying? Like they would come right. in, but they could leave again. Mm-hmm. So I would put 50% tasks there. So maybe like responding to emails. Mm-hmm. stuff that I could be interrupted on, it wasn't going to make or break my concentration. I could quickly go back to that. Got it. Mm-hmm. And then there were the mindless tasks. That was like my 0%. Like mm-hmm. I could be interrupted a hundred times. It wouldn't matter. And I could mm-hmm. still put stuff there. So maybe that's like, um, and now it would be like engaging on social media. That's the kind of stuff right. I do in a drive through while I'm waiting to pick up my kid from an activity. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, those are the things right. that I can just do without too much thought mm-hmm. behind it. Or maybe that's something that I'm doing while I'm cooking dinner. You know, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for something, but I can do these little tasks. And mm-hmm. so when I started to put those in according to that, I was yeah. able to really move the needle forward mm-hmm. without wasting my time. You're like, I didn't get up in the morning when I was totally alone and spend two hours looking on social media. Mm-hmm. Like that was not a wise use of right. my time mm-hmm. or responding to client, you know, customers because our first business, we had a product-based business. So I would have okay. emails and stuff that I would have to respond to. Mm-hmm. And so when I started to schedule like that, then I would be able to say, okay, here's activity time. Here's mm-hmm. family time. Like these are my anchors, right? right. Yeah. And I would fill the rest of that, the the tasks for the business into that. Okay. Yeah. Then how did school kind of mix in with that whole schedule as well? So I would always have two hours of school time with the kids first once they woke up. So I would usually have a couple hours of work before they would get up and moving. Yeah. And then I learned that if I filled their cup first mm. when they were awake, the rest mm-hmm. of our day went so much better. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Everybody has to figure out what works for their family. With my family, that's what worked the best. So mm-hmm. I would have two hours with them, rough, roughly. You know, it was a yeah. little, it was flexible, but right, uh-huh. uh, where we would do the bigger things, mm-hmm. and I called those my three majors. So those were like the three subjects every day that if that was the only thing we got mm-hmm. done, Becky, mm-hmm. right, I would feel accomplished. That's good. Yeah. It's just like the 100% focus time. Like, the, where are my big stones? Where are my big things that are moving the needle forward? So yeah. for the kids, maybe it was reading and writing and math type mm-hmm. of thing. So that's what the three we would do. The other right. stuff could be filtered in. Mm-hmm. 
Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like I, right. if I only yeah. got those things done, that's what I would start the day with. Mm-hmm. And then I would, um, the like science and history and the other oh, things that maybe weren't yeah. as high on my priority list for that right. season mm-hmm. would be able to be in the afternoons or the evenings or more, um, brought into the learning of just life in general. Right. Yeah. Because you, yeah. Afternoon, (laughs) if you've been homeschooling long enough, chaos sets in at times and you just, (laughs) if if you've got those things done in the morning, you can just say, okay, we we can batch this, um, you know, other things or yeah, figure it out. It's, It's not like we have to do every step we can like fast forward a little bit of history or, you know, whatever, um, or put science off and double it up another day. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you know what though, but that's how kids learn how to prioritize too. Yes. I think Mm -hmm. so often we think we have to do everything that the, we think that we have to do everything that the traditional schooling does and fit everything into eight hours a day. And that's right. not, that's not correct. Like they have so much wasted time mm-hmm. and the kids aren't learning all day long anyway. Like all of that's right. okay. Mm-hmm. And somewhere along the line, like, we were fed this line that kids have to be taught in order to learn, mm. which just simply isn't true. Exactly. Like, we told, I'm so sorry, Peggy. It's okay. Um, <laughs> I, this is part of doing it live, right? Like right. You do it all day long and then you just have to bark at me. I'm so, so sorry. That's okay. Um, you know, some people have little kids. I have a puppy that is 99% usually really good. And I don't know. But um, but the thing is, is that we, we were fed this line that kids have to be taught in order to learn. Mm-hmm. But it's simply not true. I mean, think, when was the last time you had to be taught that somebody had to spoon feed and teach you something? No, you wanted yeah. to learn it and you went out and learned it, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yes, it's where you're motivated and where you want to gain, gain information. And um, and so, yeah, our, our kids are the same way. And yeah. just to fuel that, like you were talking about earlier, you know, just fueling them to, to, to do the things that they're interested in and, and prioritizing that. So, um, so, you know, was that something you did, you did throughout their homeschooling years? Or, I mean, I'm assuming you, you got to know them better as they got older and kind of were more articulate about picking and having those discussions with them, kind of focus those topics. But, um, do you have any advice for parents who are like, well, how do I figure out what my child might be interested in? Or how can we, you know, get them engaged in something that is um, kind of driven by them versus me always just spoon feeding them what they need to learn? Ooh, if you have a child who says like, I don't want to, they're not interested in anything. Mm-hmm. One of the best things that I found is a family bucket list. Um, everybody putting different things that they would love to learn about anything, mom, dad, kids, everybody writes something they want to learn about uh-huh. because as you show that example, like mm. I want to learn quilting or I want to learn to paint or whatever right. you want to learn about. If you have a family list and then maybe mm. you learn it as a family, you just try it as a yeah. family. Yeah it will encourage your child to also come up with ideas of like, oh, that could be fun. I maybe want to learn that. And then you try different things. And when you see that spark of interest Mm -hmm. combined with their natural bent, like that's really Mm. important. I think so often kids can be interested in something. Right. But they're not really skilled at it. Mm -hmm. So you 
you know, you kind of appease them and you try that. Mm -hmm. Right. But I don't really, really fully encourage it because we want them to succeed, right? (laughs) Yeah. But then try the different things as a family so that the kid doesn't Mm -hmm. feel like they're all alone and just get little snippets of it. And then as you figure out what they're interested in, Mm -hmm. then you can build that pillar and that support underneath that. And that, Mm -hmm. I think whenever you have a child or a kid with a learning challenge, that's Mm -hmm. key because it builds their confidence when they're good at it and they're passionate about it Mm -hmm. and we're encouraging them and it helps them go at their own pace. And I will tell you, whether you Mm -hmm. have your own business or you're working outside of the home, Mm -hmm. when your child is interested in it, they will learn on their own. They will take the reins and they will go deeper and farther Mm -hmm. and faster than you ever could teach them as a parent. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious um, as your your children have explored these interests and your family has, has done things, has, has doing that activity expanded your business in ways that you never conceptualized that it would expand because you tried something new? Ooh, that is a good question. I would say yes on our second business. So we had an ATV power sports business and we had a child who, it was the very beginning of Facebook. Like mm. the, the, I feel so old, Peggy. It was before <laughs> Facebook. Do you remember oh, that? Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> and, I just remember like, like email lists even before like the forms were there. It was crazy. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. That's yes. when I started AOL. homeschooling. You know, when, oh, when yeah. mm-hmm. you got your internet in the mail. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> our one daughter, uh, who's our oldest, I remember her coming out to our shop and she said, mom, dad, I think you should have a Facebook page. Hmm. And we're like, a what? No, we don't right. have a Facebook. We have a, we have a website. Like we were big deal because we had a website. And uh-huh. she's like, but I really think this Facebook thing is going to go somewhere. And I remember mm-hmm. her, she set up, she was just a kid, but uh-huh. she set it up. She researched it all. You know, she read hmm. blogs about it. I mean, back, you know, that's was the right. only way. Oh yeah, that was the only way you find anything. Yes. <laughs> blogs in the library, right? Yeah. <laughs> but she did. I mean, she was probably looking nine years old. Wow. I mean, she wasn't even old enough to have a Facebook page. Right, yeah. <laughs> she was like setting it up and she learned to run our social media. And mm. that was that is still more her thing than mine. Like I that is where wow. she shines, not for me. Mm. But we allowed her to really I mean, this was the child that they recommended in second grade to either hold her back or homeschool her because she was so far behind. Mm. But what she has is a gift of connecting with people. Oh wow. That is her superpower. She mm. is so empathetic and she is such a great connector mm. that she could even do it online. And so she began to run our Facebook page and she took pictures. And I mean, that's how mm. she learned grammar and sentence structure. Like all of the things was by posting right. to our social media. And right. yeah, so she was a big, she was very influential, but that was us mm. taking the reins off and saying, mm-hmm. okay, like we didn't, we didn't understand Facebook. I mean, right. Yeah. yeah, but it made sense to her because she was growing up with it, and she was setting everything up for us. Yeah. That's awesome. It, yeah, it's amazing how our kids can can move us in ways that um, just that crossover again between the the homeschooling and my my son is the one who started these broadcasts um, because he volunteered in his gap year. 
for our nonprofit. Just a, it was right as we were getting started in 2017 when he graduated. And he said, Mom, you're going to run out of content really fast. You need to start interviewing people. <laughs> and so I listened to him and I tell him to this day, I'm like, this was the most successful tool we had for our business because we're all about creating relationships with with businesses and um, resources. And, you know, I can talk to somebody and say, well, you really should partner with us, put your information on our website. But when they actually have a conversation with you for a whole hour, they get to know you and they're like, we want to support what you're doing. This is great. You know, and it's like, okay, now we finally get each other. And I, all I did was allow them to share, you know, what the information that they had. So um, it's just an amazing tool that um, has come back multiple times. And so he, he keeps reminding me it was his his baby, not mine. <laughs> I love that. My youngest is getting ready. He's the same way. He's like, mom, you need to do YouTube and you need to do TikTok. And so that is like on our Q1 for 2022 is to implement both of those. And he's heading the entire thing up. That's awesome. And that this is my child who didn't read until he was 10 years old. Didn't read anything. And then at 17 or at 16, applied to get himself into college on his own. So, you know... That's just an encouragement for any of our parents out there that are like, my kid is never, you know, we get frustrated. We're like, are they going to make it? Right. In the real world. Like, Mm -hmm. do, can they be successful if they have gaps in what we think that they should know or skills? Mm -hmm. I think so often we are so busy focusing on their weaknesses that we forget about their strengths. And that's a big thing. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have a child, like for, for me, because of my kids all had learning differences and we ran a business. So I was very, very busy. One thing that I implemented early on because I had to was we barely made it on the weaknesses, but we really zeroed in on the strengths because they yes. needed that to feel confident. Mm-hmm. And that has just paid out in spades. Like that has been so helpful as as they've transitioned into adults. They're like, yeah, they can acknowledge their weaknesses. They can hire for their weaknesses. Like they know what the weaknesses are. Yeah. But they equally know what their zone of genius is. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. So good. Because that that self-confidence, like you were talking about, you you can't gain that by just getting the weaknesses better that self-confidence comes from boosting those places where they are skilled and, and make, and, and that's what makes them more desirable as an employee too. I mean, you're, you're looking for somebody unique that can fill a, a void where nobody else can. Um, so, so yeah, you're looking for a, somebody who, who knows that they're good at it and, and are willing to learn too, you know, and I, I think as you've been talking about, you know, working with your kids that, you know, you, you start pushing them in one direction, but you kind of just let them go and explore that too. So, um, we have one of our viewers who said that, she said, I don't um, have a job, but a therapy schedule to work around. I need to apply the must get done, not get done and, and wear myself out. Um, do on the extra days I don't have as busy of a schedule. Um, I have a story about that. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. So my husband broke his back when our kids were eight, or no, I'm sorry, they were 10, eight, six, and two. Ooh. Um, Just barely two, he's maybe 18 months. So we had one that was potty training, um, and then the other ones were all Mm stair-stepped. 
He broke his back. He laid flat in a bed. We didn't know if he would walk again. So we had to do therapy three times a week to try to teach him to walk again for nine months. Therapy was 45 minutes each direction. So Mm -hmm. it was a half a day to drive there, get him there, get him home. He couldn't drive himself. He couldn't, he couldn't walk. We were, he was walking with a walker. It was horrific. Mm -hmm. Um, The whole thing. I will tell you what I learned to do. The, what, I shared earlier those three things. That's mm-hmm. all we did that entire nine months because mm-hmm. for that season, therapy was the most important and keeping lights on and food on the table. I had to maintain the business. Right. Homeschooling became the third priority. Mm-hmm. It had mm-hmm. to. And I will tell you now, let's see. So Taylor was 10. So we're 15 years later. Mm-hmm. My kids are completely caught up. Like you would never know that for almost an entire school year, Mm -hmm. they only learned three subjects. That is all I was intentional on because Mm -hmm. sometimes in life, we have to realize the season we're in and accept that Yeah, Mm -hmm. and know that our kids are learning other things. So like during that time, our kids were learning... how to serve my husband and just take Mm -hmm. care of him and what that looked like. They, you know, that was the time when my kids really stepped up learning how to run the household and chores and cooking and cleaning because Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So whenever you're working around therapy, like I've done that, it's, yeah, it's hard. Mm -hmm. And that's when you really implement. And also too, you know, figuring out those other things, what can you do that you can automate? Um, You know, like our groceries are automated. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. We have four meal plans. We rotate them weekly and groceries are list one, list two, list three, list four. It takes mm-hmm. me five seconds to order my groceries every week and they are delivered to my house. So like all of those things really come into play in those seasons too. Yeah, that's that's some really good advice because I, I think we we forget of all of these things that, that eat up our time that we can refine. Um, so you have any other tips? Um for, for parents that are going, I, there, there's got to be something I can do to, you know, to, to ease up. But, but also we have to make time for, for fun and for joy because, I mean, we can fill our schedule with all of these things, but when we don't rest and we don't have fun, um, we're just going to wear ourselves down slowly, just little bits. Um, so don't know if you have something to more to talk about refining or just the the emphasizing and carving out that that time for fun either one I <laughs> think it's, it. it's really important that we carve out time for fun and self-care and all of those things one because if we're really if we sit down and we're honest we want that for our children mm. and they read our actions far more than what we say yeah yep and that's not to guilt anybody or to shame anybody, but the fact is they're watching what we do, not mm-hmm. what we say. And so it's really important. If we can't do it for ourselves, do it for them, for this right. particular, you know, because sometimes in some seasons you're like, there is just no time. Mm-hmm. But the reality is it's so, so, so important for us as moms mm-hmm. and dads, like as parents to do that. And it yeah. makes it gives us so much more patience for our kids and it helps them mm-hmm. just to carve out, you know, white space and fun and all of those things because we were not created to always be go, 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 work, 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 mm-hmm. accomplish all these things and these goals. Life is so much more than that. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you never know when it's going to, when, because life, life is so short. Mm -hmm. I learned that with our youngest when he was five, um, a story that I share sometimes, it was a really hard story. We were in a really Mm -hmm. busy season of our business and I was burning the candle at both ends. Like I think Mm -hmm. anybody who is in entrepreneurship, they would be lying to say there aren't seasons where you are. You're just, it's just, you know, both ends and you're, you're just doing it and you don't, you just dig deep. Right. Right. And it was a really, really busy season of the business and business was booming, but it, it came at a cost. Like it was just a lot of work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget it. It was the middle of the summer and we had a package that had to go to the post office. We lived in the country. We're about a mile outside of town. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our kids at the time were 15, 13. And then our youngest, um, was he was five. And so our two older ones are our daughters and they're 15 and 13. And they said, well, mom, we want to go to town anyway. We'll take this package into the post office for you. If you give us money to buy ice cream. I said, fine. (laughs) I'm like, great. You do that. I don't have to. But that day, our little guy had just learned to hit a baseball. Our oldest had taught him to hit this baseball. Hmm. And he said, mommy, come watch me hit this baseball. And I'm Buddy, buddy, I'm so tired. I just want to take a nap. I'm so exhausted. Uh, uh-huh. But I stopped what I was doing and I said, all right, he, I could let me go watch him, play with him for a minute mm-hmm. and then they'll take it. And while they're gone, I'll be able to take a nap. Like I had this plan. And so uh-huh. I went outside and I watched him. I watched, I threw the baseball to him and he hit it and he was so proud of himself. And I did it mm-hmm. probably four or five times. Wasn't uh-huh. an hour worth of playtime. It was just a couple of minutes. Yeah. But I prioritized him. Then I gave them their money. I sent them on their way and I went to the couch to take a nap. Mm. 20 minutes later, our 15-year-old was sitting in our living room, bawling her eyes out, could barely breathe. Mm. While our children were taking their stuff to the post office, they were crossing a crosswalk and our 15-year-old was in front. Our 13-year-old was in the back and our five-year-old was in the middle. A woman who was texting and driving ran through a stop sign, ran our five-year-old over, almost killed him. Oh my goodness. They were rushing him to the hospital. Um, my cell phone was off because I was taking a nap. Like I wasn't paying attention. Right. And so she had to ride her little bike back and tell me that she, it, like she didn't know if he was even alive at that point. Um, thankfully, by the grace of God, he was okay. Um, we had multiple surgeries and he was in ICU for a week. Um, he was in a wheelchair for a little while after that, but he's, he's totally fine. Mm. But it taught me that life is short. Yeah. And the time that we have with our kids is so, so, so precious. Mm-hmm. And, but that doesn't mean we have to put our dreams of building our business exactly. or working on yeah. a shelf. It does not mean that. It's not a, a all, all or nothing thing. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's not. But it is. But sometimes, you know, we do have to do it with intention. But we also, we, you know, making time for that play I just mm-hmm. always go back to that moment. What if I had said, I don't have time to play with you. Mm-hmm. Play is not yeah. important. Just go send, just go mail the stuff. That's what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Right. But driving up there that day and going to the hospital, I had so much peace because I knew no matter what, I had made time. You had prioritized. I had prioritized. And that's really what this life is about. You know, homeschooling, making choices. And everybody's priorities are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And priorities change. They do. Exactly. Based on seasons. Mm-hmm. Yes, 
Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that was kind of the same lesson our family learned last year when I had breast cancer. You know, it's just what, what's really important. And homeschool businesses were booming in 2020. And I had to step back and just say, you know what? My family and my health is a priority right now. And yes, if this business is going to continue, it will continue when I get better or somebody else steps in. And that's just the way it had to be because my family had to come first and my recovery. So yeah, you just take it one one thing at a time. But yeah, I told my daughter, she just started a job working at JCPenney's during the holiday rush. And she has been working since... Black Friday, every day, full time. And so today, tomorrow's her first day off. And I had a Giving Tuesday today, running a nonprofit. This is my biggest day of the year. Um, and we launched that. And I said, tomorrow is pajama day. <laughs> we are sitting on the couch and watching girl movies together <laughs> because we both need a break. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, she just, it, the work will be there tomorrow. Um, and And yet family, you just don't know. Um, these relationships are important. And I um, thank you for sharing that story because um, we we can't get caught up, but we also can't be guilted into thinking that we shouldn't be running a business because we have kids. If that is our calling and we have kids, that's our calling. We have to balance it well. And that's kind of what we've been talking about. And um, I have one question from a viewer. I don't know if you want to take this right now, but do you have burnout tips for homeschool parents with anxiety or autism? Burnout tips. Yeah, one is actually what we were just talking about. Prioritize your self-care. Mm-hmm. And I know it's so easy to say, you know, put your oxygen mask on first. And we've all heard that. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really important. Um, I went through a burnout stage when my kids were little. They called it mom sabbatical because <laughs> I basically quit life. I'm like, I canceled every activity. We literally didn't mm-hmm. leave the house for six months because I couldn't. I was just so burned out. That's when we implemented the one activity per child too. After coming after that, because I was like, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do this anymore. Right. But the first first burnout tip is one: connect with other people who really get it. Mm-hmm. I think that's such an overlooked self-care tip that because it seems simple, but it's really important that we get around people. Who, I mean, you can find people online that really understand mm-hmm. what you are facing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's different. It's different than somebody who doesn't have that. It's, the, mm-hmm. you know, a homeschool mom that isn't experiencing Autism is going to give you totally different advice than one that's been there. Yeah, that's number one: is get get a support system, and two, take time for your however you recharge. Mm-hmm. Whether that's going out with your girlfriends, whether that's just alone time in the bathtub, you know, mm-hmm. figure out. Like when my kids were little, I took really long hot showers because that was <laughs> the only time that you were yourself. <laughs> yes, fantastic. But, <laughs> Making that a priority for you and not like, don't feel guilty about guilty. it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's huge. Whether maybe, I mean, maybe it's exercising, maybe it's mm-hmm. um, that any of those things I think is a really big thing that we overlook mm-hmm. that can be simple because when you're dealing with a child with special needs, you can't just walk away from them. 
but we can carve out time. And maybe that looks like, you know, getting childcare where you can leave if that's Mm -hmm. a possibility for you. Anything like that, um, I think is really a great place to start. What about you, Peggy? What are are your burnout? Well, you know, yeah, you were talking about outsourcing earlier. And I think that's, that's super important. And, you know, the, the, the mom helper, like you had, I had, but my, my recharging when my kids were young was I wanted to be with other adults. I just didn't want to be with my kids all day. So I, I used to run a MOPS group, um, or actually I was the area coordinator for MOPS International for three states before I started homeschooling. So I was a known speaker in the area. So I would just have this mom helper come in and I would go speak because that was my recharge. (laughs) It was like, oh, I get to be around other adults and I get to share. (laughs) So, um, so for me, that was, that was really helpful during that time. But now, I mean, with all of the stress that I have in my life, I find I have to have coffee two times a week with different friends. So I actually schedule those in every week. I have to get a massage once a month because I get lactic acid built up in my muscles. Um, It's something to do with my organ issues. Um, I have to get acupuncture every week, which is an hour of laying on the table doing nothing. (laughs) And, you know, it's, I've been learning this process of, I have to take care of myself because I've gone so far in the wrong direction. And, um, and special needs moms, it's, it's statistically proven we are 50% more sick than typical moms because of the stress that we build into our lives. There's just stress with having a child with special needs and, um, and then recovery from those things, from those different issues, whether it's um, an inflammatory disease, cancer, um, recovery is not, the statistics aren't as good because we just can't let go of that stress and we have to learn how to do it. So that's my two cents. <laughs> it's hard though. You know, it like I, I think it's sometimes we hear people say that and it's, we have to acknowledge that it, it's challenging mm-hmm. it to do that. It's, you know, our culture doesn't necessarily support that. But mm-hmm. if you reach out to other women and you're talking to them, I will, they, they get it. We get it. We understand. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've surrounded myself when I, when I found out I had cancer with um, some people that have gone through some really medically challenged um, lives and they gave me such good perspective of, you know, and one's a homeschool mom that just lives down the street from me. And she's like, some days I just can't do it. And God has to fill in because I just can't. And, um, and so it, it gave me a peace of mind, you know, knowing that it's, yeah, today I just can't. I'm sitting with an IV in my arm all day instead. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, what you said, Peggy, it was really good though, um, is finding a mentor who's already on the other side. Yes. It's so mm-hmm. powerful, especially when you're in that burnout stage, because it's so hard sometimes to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody who's been there, done that, and you know, has the t-shirt type of thing. Right. Um, exactly. So, so, so powerful. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, my one son who we had all sorts of challenges with him, like incredible challenges. Mm-hmm. But he's 22 years old now and is an incredibly talented entrepreneur. But I can come alongside moms who have had kids that are as challenging as him and say, oh, 
I've been there. I've done that here. Mm -hmm. You're going to make it Uh (laughs) the other side and then give practical tips that, you know, help in the trenches, but finding that person who's already experienced it. Mm-hmm. so important when you're dealing yeah. with things like burnout, because when you're mm-hmm. at the burnout stage, you you had that hopelessness. Yes, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes and it takes another person to pull you out of it, whether right. it's a therapist or a friend, but somebody who's been there and has mm-hmm. done that is so, so powerful and helpful. Yeah. Because they, they can, they have the hope that you can hinge on to until that hope comes back to you. Because yeah, sometimes you just like, I'm just going to just be done right here. <laughs> There's no getting up anymore. <laughs> I totally get that. Yep. So um, so as we're wrapping up, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your, your business, the homeschool CEO, and um, how parents can get hooked into the support that you offer. Yeah, absolutely. So with homeschoolceo.com, we have a free Facebook group. We also have a paid society um, membership where we help moms and support them in both business and homeschooling and really give them the strategies and systems that they need to succeed at both business and in life. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, the reality is a lot of homeschooling curriculums and we don't offer curriculum, but we help you find the right curriculum for you. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the strategies, they don't work for for women who are working outside of the home or running a business because we, the reality is we don't have hours every week to do prep time and teaching and grading and all the things like that does, that does not work. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. But yep, you can find us there. Um, We're, we're homeschool CEO everywhere on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, You find us there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a great um, community. I've been on um, one of Jen's broadcast. She was very kind because I didn't show up on time. <laughs> okay, Peggy, did you hear the story? I didn't either. Oh, that no, night. I didn't hear that. That, that <laughs> night, because we were talking about self-care that day. Mm-hmm. And that night I was out walking my dog and somehow I just totally missed my own life. I was like, that was my self-care. And everybody, I missed my own life for my own summit. It was so embarrassing. We laughed about it. I just owned it and sent out an email. I'm like, well, that was embarrassing. My guests went on without me. That's so funny. Oh, one of, yeah, it's, I had just gotten off of traveling for, I, I was on the road from May through October. And I think I had just kind of went, oh, I get to breathe and then realized, oh, I don't. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> that's the way it goes. Um, we had one more comment from Creative Minds Homeschooling said, then feeling so burned out and just keep going, um, kept going. And now I'm sick. Not sure if it has anything to do with burnout or not. Um, usually it does, unfortunately. Um, we, we can do so much with our diet and with sleeping and that, but if you don't remove the stress that can just eat you alive. Um, and and so you just have to, to deal with it where it starts. And I think a lot of it's just letting go. Um, I guess as we're, we're wrapping up, do you have any, um, any closing um, advice for parents with just allowing your business to grow and allowing your kids to grow at the rate that they're just meant to grow. It's yeah, I think a lot of it, honestly, Peggy, if I could just give one bit of advice is trust yourself 
Mm. So often we're looking for external validation of what we should do in our businesses or what we should do with a child. And the reality is God equipped us to have, to know mm-hmm. like our, as moms, our intuition is so strong and nobody loves that child more than you. And nobody's going to love your business more than you do either. Mm-hmm. And so to trust the process and to know that it's not a race to get to any destination, mm-hmm. everything's going to be in the perfect timing. You know, progress over perfection is the key yes. every yeah. single day. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. It's progress over perfection. I like that. Yeah, it just it's you can make and make those celebrations along the way. Don't just say, "Oh well, yeah," but I didn't get there as fast as I should have. You know, we we can downplay a lot of that stuff. It's progress. It's progress for our kids. It's progress for our business. It's one step forward, um, and so celebrate it, enjoy it, and yeah, that's it's all. It's it's the journey. I you know, it's. We're never going to get to perfection. (laughs) Exactly. So so yeah, why why are we racing there? (laughs) So, well, thank you so much, Jen. This has been so encouraging. And I I know our viewers will be greatly encouraged by everything you shared. Um, And because it does seem daunting if we, we say, you know, we often think we have to give up one or the other. But when you have this strong calling that I'm supposed to do both, and we just... Like you said, we don't have enough people around us that um, that can help us navigate that. And so I'm glad that you have been sent down that path ahead of, <laughs> of people because you have a lot of wisdom to share. And so I just encourage um, our viewers to, to tap into Jen's resources with Homeschool CEO, whether it's just um, her Facebook group or her, um, her mentoring group. She has um, a great community. Um, I pop in every once in a while when I have the time. I usually am not on social media too much, but <laughs> I got people that do that for me. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, make sure you get the encouragement that you need. And um, and so, thanks so much for joining us, all of you. And we've had some some comments um, and uh, lots of good questions from our community as well. And and so this will be turning into a podcast on Sunday. So um, I know we always a lot of people joining us from there. But um, this wraps up our month of homeschooling your child at their own pace. Um, And we're going to dive into December. Um, Next month, we are doing only three broadcasts because I'm taking the 28th off. It's like the only week I have off the whole year. (laughs) Um, But um, we're going to focus on how do you tap into resources that are funded by the public education system as a homeschooler? And what are the pros and cons? What are the programs out there? And then we're going to actually have a panel of parents who use these programs and tell us how they do it and what they like and don't like about them. So we've got lots of different perspectives if you've ever thought of outsourcing some of that help and funding. So um, so that'll be an interesting topic this next month. So, um, But also today was Giving Tuesday. So we've kicked off our year-end fundraiser. We are a nonprofit and a 501c3. So all the donations that come to SPED Homeschool actually are tax, tax deductible. And um, so we kicked off that fundraiser today, thanking all of our sponsors and um, ad- shared some quotes from, from various people who um, work as our or our partners. Um, and I did six live videos today. 
<laughs> yes, it was a crazy day. But you just sharing behind the scenes of what, what it's like working with my team. So I have different team members on. The one who actually does all of our YouTube video, cleans up the audio and turns all the... the he does amazing work. He actually showed a video of what he does. And I was, my jaw just dropped because I didn't even know what he did. <laughs> I just know he does a great job. Um, but, you know, the work that it goes into producing our blogs and because we have the number one special needs homeschooling blog and um, how that is a, it's a process. It takes us actually a month or more to put one blog you know, out from beginning to end the process of that. So there's a lot of work that goes into what we do. And we just want to share that with you and why we have funding needs, um, because it isn't just this little pretty website you see and these resources that come out on social media. There's a lot of work that goes into them. So if you're interested in joining our movement, you can check out our website. It's bedhomeschool.com. And if you click on that, um, that homepage, join the movement, you can find out how to volunteer with us, um, how to volunteer at our brand new family camp we're, we're launching next summer in Minnesota. We're partnering with the Ministry of Johnny and Friends and doing a, a family camp in Minnesota in August. And so you can volunteer at that, or you can find out more information about how your family can join that camp. Um, but we have other um, volunteer opportunities and some um, team positions, which are paid that we're trying to raise funds for. <laughs> so, um, so check that out and, um, and just join our grassroots movement so that we can empower more families to home educate struggling learners. So, so thanks again, Jen, um, and for, for sharing. Thank you all for joining us and um, I'll be back again next week. And um, just Keep up the good work, everyone. You're, you're doing an awesome job. And um, I, I hope you got that message because um, I, I really needed to hear it tonight too, Jen. <laughs> sometimes we just get frustrated with ourselves and say, oh, it's just not going the way I expected it to. But progress and that, that pacing, just one step at a time. So, so thank you for that reminder. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We'll see you all next week. Um, have, has, have an awesome night. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.